Today's podcast is brought to you by Something Blue by Anita Kay, specializing in wedding and event photography. Visit her page on Facebook. For those in love, capture those memories with Something Blue by Anita Kay. Hello, Squidward. Let's watch Unbridled Enthusiasm with Mark Poulos. So fuck you and fuck your baby and fuck your wife. <laughs> Why fuck them all? So you have to understand. We're recording at a barbecue gas station. We're not pausing this to put a baby in there. So, uh, so you can just stop it, right? You're half drunk and high oh, trying to read a map. Right, we We're literally... We We're on the edge of the Grand Canyon. That's my whole job when I'm on the road is protecting my butt. Stoner! And the fat man. He says, man... You really need to turn your life around. Fuck you, Mark. Mark, pull up <laughs> Hi, folks. Welcome back to the Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Poulos, as always. We uh, have a special treat on the show. Uh, this week I talked to uh, my good friend Justin Smith again. Hopefully you aren't getting tired of us chatting, but... Uh, I feel like we get uh, some good podcasting when we're together. Um, I was down in Oklahoma City for a week working the Looney Bin down there, and uh, we taped uh, live at Rudy's Barbecue. Um, the first night that I was there, we taped this episode where it's just me and him at his kitchen table, and uh, we chat about a bunch of stuff, and uh, it was really fun. It was right after I... Uh, hit an armadillo and a raccoon so uh i was pretty tired and delirious so i sound like i'm about to fall asleep but uh i think it's pretty good radio so enjoy my interview with justin smith he's back guys on the podcast justin smith welcome back yeah thanks thanks for (laughs) having me back why are you so angry? I was just I'm 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 mad at you. For what? Because here's the thing, like I, I had this I had this really kind gesture from Mark because my podcast is so terrible that he made fun of. I mean we talked about that the last time. So you sent me a microphone. The first of all, the first time we recorded this podcast was on that microphone. That is correct. I almost, I almost thought about bringing it out here and just setting it up. It's like, look, look at your new, just, look at your dad's new family. <laughs> <laughs> just, he doesn't love you anymore. He didn't even get you a cover. Like, there's covers on this mic now. Just set it up in the middle of the table as a, a, a remembrance of times gone by. Yeah. Are you just sad that now that I've upgraded the show just a teeny bit? We don't get to sit right next to, to each other. We don't get to snuggle. We don't get to snuggle. We don't get to sit right next to each other. Well, we what was funny? Podcast. What was funny is listening to your episode with Jake Johansson, and he's just making fun of the microphone and like the fact that you have to turn the lights off so there's not a buzzing sound. <laughs> and it's just like it was like, oh, so he just sent that shitty mic to me. Oh well, these and he got s- new mics. These are the same mics. I know, <laughs> but I didn't know that. I thought you were gonna. The story was, bring out fancy ones. The story was, uh, so the first night that I was in Indianapolis, he he said something like, uh, "This, that, and the other thing." He's like, "I'm really excited because Mrs. Pat's coming by, and I'm gonna be on her podcast." And then tomorrow afternoon, she's going to come and do my podcast. And I was like, oh, 
like waiting for that invitation like maybe you should be on the podcast with me and <laughs> mrs pat but that never came of course not so then uh, i mean how do you compete with somebody's like hey i shot my teddy off mark how about you well <laughs> yeah. i cut my my i cut my head shaving today <laughs> so it's kind of the same thing right just nothing i got nothing to say so uh there was like this quiet moment where i was like uh i go is there any chance that you'd want to do my podcast tomorrow and like he was so like yeah yeah man that sounds great yeah he goes we're both staying in the same hotel and i was like yeah yeah he goes great 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 he goes yeah i he goes when i get back from uh recording with mrs pat we'll do it and i go okay so i woke up that morning like holy fuck jake johansson's coming down to my room to record a podcast i have to try to seem somewhat professional did you make the bed (laughs) made the bed i put uh all the old towels away uh i i didn't clean up my food mess in the corner which i was like he's probably not gonna notice the first fucking thing he says when he walks in the door because like um i had been there we were recording i think it was like saturday or something like that so i'd been there for a couple days and uh i kept getting a coffee every morning and i'm just a weirdo with my coffee like i hate black coffee so mm-hmm. like i i put a bunch of creamer in i think it. they prefer african-american coffee. oh you know what this is not racist podcast <laughs> things here uh, Going from two white guys that have yeah. borderline shaved heads, but then they they have those just those <laughs> <laughs> they have those little little shot things, a creamer downstairs. So for a large coffee, I put like six in. Right. Does that seem excessive? A little bit. All right. So I had had three days worth of coffees. Mm-hmm. So there was close to 18 empty creamer things on this plate and that's the first thing he said when he came in the door i just like how you just like inter- creamer you, much you interviewed a famous person and you spent five minutes just now telling us about the garbage in the corner of your room <laughs> <laughs> you need to get your priorities straight mark <laughs> anyways we call that burying the lead yeah. oh god i don't know I so this so I knew all day that I was gonna be doing this recording with him, so I was like, I gotta get my shit together. So I got up like excessively early and I was like on a mission in Indianapolis to find all the things that I was gonna need to record a podcast with two microphones. So I was trying to find another microphone, I was trying to find the adapters and everything for whatever. So I get all this shit back to my room and I plug it all in and none of it works like it's just registering the one microphone so me being the fucking dumbass i start googling and every audio program out there except for one recognizes one microphone the one that doesn't is yours huh the one that doesn't recognize it is yours no i'm saying all of them don't recognize oh. more than one microphone. Oh, so it's just only, one program that there's works. There's only one program that does, and, uh, like, at this point... Is it MakeThisStoryFunnier.com? Is that what it is? Well, this has been my uh, interview <laughs> with Justin Smith. Uh, <laughs> no, so, anyways. 
So that was the story. So I had nothing. I had the one microphone that was all shitty and it would buzz when the lights were on. So he came in and I had it all set up where the microphone was like on the the ottoman in front of us on the couch. And I thought maybe that would be good enough to catch both of our mm-hmm. voices. And Just a question. Yeah. Did he blow in your ear while you guys were filming that thing? You seemed a little giddy, like a little excited. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. He's one of my heroes. You were living it. One of the it's funny. best moments of my career people, was to have him on my people podcast. People can't see you right now because you did it. You put one hand on the side of your cheek and you looked up and you went, ah, like you oh, you were so excited. Ah, and you know what's funny is well, like, what who would be the guy if you tomorrow could invite one person to be on your podcast who would that be be the one and only mark poulos of course get the fuck out of here <laughs> it would not no actually one honest. of one of my comedy heroes has actually been on my podcast he phoned it in he was a nice dude get the fuck out yeah who uh nate bargazzi you have got to be shitting me. No, dude. He, he called he call, in? He called in, man. I was like, hey, I'm going to do this podcast. And by the way, it sounds so shitty. <laughs> and it, with the way we had it rigged up, it was so, like, it was echoey on his end. Yeah. And he stayed on the phone for, like, 15 or 20 minutes and was just wow. a good dude, man. And, like, that's things, like, there, there are times when you have, like, that's, that's, what's, that's what's weird is in this business, you get to where you're like, okay, like, I text him, and he returns my texts, and and you're like, you you wonder if your friends or acquaintances because if you're in, if you've been in comedy for a long time, you've been burned by the oh yeah dude you're a great dude man call me anytime or oh, here's yeah. my number Every and then you never time, hear man. from them again. Well, you heard my April Macy story, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, that was. I don't know if I've even told that on the podcast, but it was it was ridiculous. I did a one-nighter in Missouri with April Macy, and after mm-hmm. the show, she couldn't have been more nice and more so many compliments to my show and, like, you know, God, you're so great and all this stuff. And she's like, I'm working with Dave Attell on this new show on Comedy Central, and, uh, you know, here's my number. Text me next week, and I'll see what I can do. So I was, like, in my head thinking that she was making the show with Dave Attell. Right. So I would text her from time to time. No response. Right. No response. And then just out of nowhere, like six months later. Well, just in her defense, if you put that her phone in that cleavage, you're never going to find that phone ever again. I mean, that's... Are you saying I, she has giant knockers? I'm just... I'm saying that it. there are some things lost in there. Oh. As, Skittles. <laughs> Band-Aids. Coins. Excuse me, Miss Macy. Why do you have seventeen phones going through airport security? Did you ever? Did you ever see a comic named Chrissy Burns? Uh huh. You know, God rest her soul. She's passed. On, oh, that's great. That's uh, a great way. It'd be funny no. if she didn't pass, so I wouldn't make fun of her. <laughs> trying to let you know before you unleash your tirade. Well, I've never, I've never insults. seen her. I've never seen her. Anyways, she used to, her big closer was uh, that kind of idea where she's she says something like. You know, her phone starts going off, and she's like, oh, shit, let me find my phone. So she, like, goes in there, and she she's looking for her phone, and mm-hmm. she just starts pulling all this other shit out of her bra, and it just gets more and more ridiculous. Right. It's like, you know, a pack of gum, and then it's like, you know, her eyeglasses, and then it's like a hammer, and then it's like half a turkey. <laughs> and, like, it was just ridiculous the amount of shit that she would pull out of there, and she's like, oh, there's my phone, you know, and that was her big closer. <laughs> 
Did she? Did she wait and wait for an, uh, for a standing ovation? Did she? You know, I did don't. She? Oh, what are we talking, Michael Mack now? <laughs> Dude, he uh, stand up. He he headlined the show the the night before me and Godfrey got there in Tampa mm-hmm. last week, and I was talking to Bob, the owner, as we were driving. He was driving me to the condo, and he was like, "God, that guy shows up two hours before showtime to set up all of his shit." He's telling me all the stuff he's got to do and all that kind of stuff. And I was just thinking to myself, what a horrible life yeah. as a comedian. Yeah. That your entire life. Like, don't get me wrong. It is entertaining, whatever. He's cre- obviously created something that's different from everybody else. You know, if you're interested, check out Faces of Comedy on uh, on YouTube. It's his video. It'll show you what he does. But it's like... To, to put yourself in that scenario for the rest of your career that you have to show up to every show two hours early to set your shit up. That's depressing. Like, I, 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 like really I'm thinking depressing. about drinking more now because I heard that story. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the big closer? It's, it's how, how did you, what, what was the phrase that you used to describe it? Uh, what, what phrase did you use? What I was trying to think of the way you described it to me, where it was like the most epic, like the grand, the grandest of finales, or something like like yeah. like you. I forget what you called it, but I There's, have you ever I told this the grand finale? Have you have you ever had a have you ever told the story on here about you and like the MC betting you what you wouldn't say to Michael Mack and you did? Which story was that? Where the MC like you were like God he like. Like he like his like his opening part like his opening act is 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 just really bad. Oh and, and yeah, and the oh, MC was like, God, "I bet you man. wouldn't say that to his I, face." I completely forgot that. Yeah, no, we were working together in South Bend, Indiana, and uh, and every every show he was getting a standing ovation. But so I, some background, obviously, his closer he put together this. 15 to 20 minute like grand finale no 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 just let them just let them just let them find it and watch it for themselves anyways it's this huge grandiose ending to his show lasts 15 to 20 minutes he's on stage for 45 minutes 20 20 minutes of it is this finale so the rest of the time he's up there at least when i worked with him in south bend it really looked like he could give a shit about what he was doing at the start of his show, like the jokes, he did some funny songs on the guitar. It, it just came across like completely disingenuous and just like no interest. And then he would hit that closer, standing ovation. So I just kept thinking to myself, I wonder if he's standing up there, <laughs> that whole beginning, like 15 or 20 minutes, thinking to himself, I could give a shit about any of this because I'm like, 20 minutes you guys are going to be it's standing game, up it's game me. time yeah so i kept saying that to the mc and the mc is like i i doubt that that you would ever actually say that to his face by the way for anybody listening mark is being much more polite than he was when he told it to me <laughs> because i think when you told me the story you were still a feature and there was just that little like or like there was a little grit to it where oh, you're just like yeah. you're just like you're still a little angry at the business and when you tell the story yeah. there's just a little bit more edge to it but i it, was really here's ticked funny, off at the time i was just like i can't believe that <laughs> i mean here's the here's the funny thing is not only did you take an mc's lunch budget for 
the next six months by taking his 20 bucks. Like, <laughs> and you took it. Like, the way he made it sound like, yeah, I took it. I took it I happily. Took He's it. lucky he only took 20 bucks from him. <laughs> but, He's, but that's like, that's that's literally their uh, grocery money. Yep. Jug of milk, loaf of bread, and a jar of peanut butter. Yep. You EMC got it, man. set to go for the week. And now he can't. Now he can't get milk. Can't get anything. <laughs> He's got to eat maraschino cherries and olives at the comedy. There club you go. Just to make time go by. I just. I. What's so funny is anybody that like, because I, I. I make fun of him openly. Like I'm just. I'm. So, like, <laughs> I make fun of Michael Mack constantly, and and everybody that I know that likes him, the same. They always say this. They always like. Like okay, well, tell me why he's good at what he does. And their whole thing is like, oh, well, he, well, he's a nice guy. Yeah. They say that he's a nice guy. Well, or like the, one, one that's comic. The old, that's the old adage in comedy. <laughs> yeah. When you ask somebody, are well, they the worst funny? Well, the worst oh, one a was. a nice guy. The worst one was uh, when somebody said, oh, yeah, well, well like he, he dug his own in-ground pool. I was like, that has nothing to do with stand-up. Like, what? that was what somebody told here. me. He dug his own in-ground pool. He's like, no, no, that takes a lot of work and a lot of patience. It's like, yeah, you know what else takes a lot of work and a lot of patience? Writing new shit. Yeah, okay. what the fuck, man? <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, you know, and you the know what? He was like, "I'll bet you twenty bucks that there's no way that you would ever say that to him." And we were just sitting around the condo, and I just, I literally said it to him. I said, "I go. It just seems like when you're on stage, that first part of your act, like you could care less about, because you're like, listen, in like twenty minutes, I'm gonna get a standing ovation." And he was like, "Yeah, it kind of feels like that at this mm. point." And I was like, "Wow, that's great. Okay, wonderful." And then he went back to uh, shaving his head with an electric razor. Hmm. Good for you, Lex Luthor. Perfect. He, uh, the best part of the story is that uh, years later, as I was on the cusp of headlining for the Looney Bins, literally, uh, I think it was my last feature week before I became a headliner was opening for Michael Mack. And every show, like I was having great sets. And we went through, I think, five of the seven shows and he had not gotten one standing ovation. Like, not one person stood up. And uh, we were just sitting in the condo again on Saturday. And I said, you know, last time we worked together, you got a standing ovation every show. Like, have you noticed there's, like, a drop-off in your standing ovations? And, like, he lost his mind. He was like, yes. I don't know what the fuck's going on. He just goes, for that week really, or in general? Just in general. He's like, man, it just pisses me off. He, he said one show... He did. Everybody gave him a standing ovation except for one woman was just like sitting there, and he went right up to her, no pants on, the way he usually ends a show, and he goes, "Hey, everybody's standing up. Maybe you should too," and kind of mm-hmm. like smacked her on the back, like not hard, but like firm enough to be like, "Why don't you stand the fuck up?" And I was just like, "You did not do that." And he goes, "Yeah, I felt really bad about yeah. that." And then it'd be great. It'd be great if she. Pulled out from the table and just leg, I, bra- leg braces. <laughs> That's what I thought when he told that story. I was like, what if she had leg problems? Like, not everybody physically is able to immediately rise for your puppet show. Guys, get off Kanye West's back because Michael... Because I almost said another comic's name. That's great. I just went blank on his name. Ooh, we, Michael we, Mack? Yeah, there you go. Oh. Well, well, no, there's, well, there's another comic here named Michael Mann, and uh, well, I, there's I, Mary I, Mack, yeah, Michael Mack, Michael Mann, Manny Mack, <laughs> Bobby Jack, 
Bernie Mac. There I feel I feel like you're just I feel like you're just trying to like sing me a lullaby is what it feels Good like. Good night. <laughs> Drink your Pennsylvania beer. The end. Oh, that's good. Anyways, you so, know, you know what's funny is like I, I I wish there was a podcast where it's just like where they interviewed people that they fucking hated, like just I like you interviewing Michael Mack. Like here's the thing, I I I've listened to Michael Mack on the radio, yeah. Because you know I always listen to guys whenever I'm around. I listen to how they do radio because that's another part of the business that's really important. Yeah. And I can say with absolute certainty that listening to the episodes of this podcast that your wife is funnier than Michael Mack oh, is on the radio. Oh, that did not just happen. Boom, bitches. And it, like I don't I don't it's kind of a it's kind of like either way but dude like it was it's it's really hard not to fall in love with your wife when you listen to her. Like she's got like watch your back, buddy. What I'm are you well, talking about watch her back. Falling in love with my wife. <laughs> well, she's like she's just like it's really weird listening to her because she's got that that Minnesota like yeah like just like just a little bit, oh, and it's dude, and she's funny. And it's like I want it like, but it's not like oh yeah I'm gonna take her to town. Like it's like I want to like squish her cheeks. Like that's what like <laughs> I was like oh my gosh you're so cute. It's like a puppy. Okay, I got. Uh... You got what? I got some Michael Mack. Oh, do you? We're going to put him on the podcast. Get ready for it. Okay. You're going to hold your phone up to the microphone? I love music. You can probably tell that. I do love music. Too bad you don't love comedy. so much more fun. But You know what I do now? I listen to the radio a lot because I look for new songs to um, ruin. Because your newest really car really is 1976. What I hate about the radio, <laughs> I was driving around today, is remind how much I hate these things. Car dealer ads. It's the most obnoxious commercial on the radio by far, car dealer ads. All right, if you don't know what I mean, that's okay. I'm going to refresh your memory. The video he put up is bombing. The video he put up is bombing. This is the video he's using to promote himself. Yeah. How, how old, like, with a, oh, yeah, car radios and, and TV ads. <laughs> what do you, who doesn't listen to their iPod and watch Netflix? We, Jesus Christ. We haven't gotten to it yet. We got to get to it. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt the horse shit. Do you know what they're saying about Donaldson Motors? They're saying we're crazy because we're celebrating 2006 Gemini straight from the factory. Not at twelve ninety nine. Not eleven ninety nine. Not at ten ninety nine. But nine nine and one nine. It's zero four nine financing. Four ninety nine down and ninety nine a month. The best part Comments? about that. The best. <laughs> the best part about that is that he says it fast, so I don't have to listen to it for as long. <laughs> I give him a standing ovation for that. <laughs> wait, wait. When do we get to the punchline? This. This video is two minutes and seven seconds long. We are forty-eight seconds into a two-minute oh, video. Jesus Christ! I we're try to be. We're going through this whole thing. Get oh ready my for God! It. Get ready for it. Price of the car does not reflect the value of the car. Price of the car is estimated at five thousand dollars more than a human being can afford. The only way to finance this car is to insure it. I'm gonna go on a limb because I don't remember this joke. Can you guess where this joke is headed? Uh, it's already in the toilet, so I don't know how much further. I like how much more worse it could get. More worse? Jesus Christ. What am I, Michael Mack? But the, think, think about what he's saying. He's saying the condition of a car. Where is this joke headed? I don't know. Where is it Where is it headed, Mark? You don't know where this is headed? I want to hear. I like At this point, like I'm, I'm so enraged. Like, here's like, 
here's the worst part about it. You got to feature for this guy. I have to introduce this guy like it is my extreme pleasure to introduce to you people who stared at me and thought I was garbage because I'm opening and telling you the beer specials. That I, I write more in two months that this fucking cocksucker has written in his oh, yeah. terrible career. But, dude, he 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 spent a lifetime putting together yeah. a puppet music. And you know what? Show. The second that you, when you keep doing, when, when the bulk of your music is Queen and Whitney Houston references, you fucked the fuck up, okay? You <laughs> fucked up, okay? It's done. You wonder why people aren't standing anymore? Because they're sitting there going, what's with this fucking old dude up here? Like, who yeah. is that? Like, the point... But see, that, that was the thing. Like, I wanted to interview somebody because the first time I saw it, like, you can't, you can't take away the first time you saw it thinking, like, this is something that I've never seen before. And it's interesting and it's entertaining. But once it's finished, if you go back to the comedy club the next year and see him again and it's the exact same thing, anyone is going to be disappointed. Well, here's I feel a, like they got ripped off. Well, here's the best part is you could go back to the club. like You could get there like with 20 minutes left in the performance and believe me, his first part of his show is so bad, there are plenty of open seats to go into. <laughs> I'll tell you this, though. When I worked with him in Wichita, the song that he does... See, this was my theory as to why he's not getting standing ovations anymore. Because he, he's he got this new song that he would do right before he did the puppet stuff. That I don't know where he wrote it, but it was killing. Like, the first part of the act was still crap. And then he did the song that destroyed, and then he went into the puppet thing... That wouldn't get a standing ovation and i was telling him i was like i think that song is too good to be right in front of the puppet thing because yeah. it's overshadowed like it was that good that it was overshadowing that fucking puppet stuff and you know what he said you know what why, why would i listen to a guy that writes new material uh, and has punchlines yep. and 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 is successful for himself and has found a way to get an agent. Oh, hold on. Let me let me let me go back. Uh, you got a DeLorean reference in there anywhere? Holy shit. So this is my theory. I haven't seen this joke. Okay. He's talking about the condition of a car. Translated condition of a woman. Okay. That's that's a that's a feasible okay. thing. I got that. Like bringing wife into prostitution. If at any time you cannot make the payment, the car reserve the right to come to your house and give you a wedgie. Price of the car is not include tax, tag, insurance, registration, tires, windshield, logo, and shuffle, cover seats, mirrors, headlights, bumper, steering wheel, gear, shuffler, mirror, air, go box, radio, car cases, and paint. Okay. <laughs> they, can't, so just, they can't see this video. Hold on a second. You didn't see this video either. Right. He got finished saying all that stuff really, really fast. Pauses to take a drink. Let it set in. Mm -hmm. All those words I just said. And that's a tactic in stand-up comedy that a lot of people use as their closer. A lot of words fast. Yep. It's not funny. Just a lot of words fast. As opposed to it's funny. No, it's impressive. Right. That he just said all those words so fast. How yep. many people have you seen do that? I know James uh, Johan does it. 
He, I don't know if he does that closer anymore. One of my favorites that does it, but he does it what like he's a smart dude. Yeah. Is Augie Smith is one of my favorite guys that does it. He closes with well. He doesn't lots he, of words. a lot of his. He's real ranty. Like he starts off small. Like he starts off, hey, I think with this, and then it's just very much like, oh, maybe this, and then like, and, but he but he keeps hammering his point over and over and over again. We might have to play some Augie Smith after this. He's he's pretty far. I get it was for the funny Min, minute and 10 left in this. Okay. Let's keep it go, going. Go go for it. Thanks. I hate those things. Don't you hate those things? They're just so obnoxious. But man, it must sell cars because I've been doing that same commercial for 10 years at least all of them. They always have a You've screaming been doing this joke guy for 20. comes at you with a good deal. But then they always have a disclaimer guy who comes out and pretty much tells the other guys full of shit. Basically, I mean, block shit. the fine print of the contract, yep. the lawyers tell him to say it. It's truth in advertising. It's supposed to be good for us, but I was thinking, though, like, wouldn't that suck, though, if, like, every time you went to tell a lie, you had this disclaimer guy just, like, following you around? Like, say you're talking to your wife or your girlfriend, guys. Boom. Well, yeah, honey, I had lunch with her, but nothing happened. Definition of nothing must include the kissing, hugging, licking, bunny, sucking, stroking, grooping, grabbing, petting, poking, puppy, humping, do it again next Thursday. I can hear the crickets outside my house. Like that's And there it was. <laughs> Are you impressed with yourself? That you know exactly where I was going? Well, I mean I've been doing Oh, here's one of his songs. Okay, here comes the song. You know, for as much as we hate this guy, we're giving him a lot of attention on the podcast. I can't do any more of this. I really mm. can't. And just think, there are oh, people man. that paid twelve bucks to see him many times over. Is people he a special? Is he a special event? Yeah. Oh, so he gets the fifteen buck charge. Oh yeah. Oh my. Oh, that's wonderful. Let's see what we got here. Hey. Okay. Here's Mark. A, Mark, here's look at me. Two, what? Mark, can we, what? can we? I know this is your podcast. What? But for fuck's sake. What do we need? Y- you were ruining our evening together. Because <laughs> part of this is kind of it's kind of romantic. There are flowers on the table. There We're really s- is. There is. Some drinks. Yeah. We just shared a meal together. We did. We had some Brahms cheeseburgers. Mm-hmm. I never had a Brahms, mm-hmm. and it was uh, really good. And I, and I, I won't say how the night ended, but Mark had some stains on his shirt. Oh, uh, come on. Ice cream. Uh <laughs> I like, I like how you had to justify. You're like, no, it's ice cream. It's almost like if your wife was listening. You're like, sweetie, it's ice cream. It's okay. Justin did not jerk off on me, ice cream. I uh, some more Michael Mack. Here we go. No, <laughs> it's your podcast. You can gonna, do whatever you want to. I'm gonna. Pl- I want to play some Augie Smith because some. I feel like a lot of people don't know who Augie is. Here, I got, very... I got a, I got a, I got a, I got a great. He does a great bit about. Uh, okay. I don't know if we're. I mean, is this even like? Is this legal? What we're doing? Like just. I don't know. We're just playing it over our phone. I play, I play uh, like copyrighted music to open the show, so I don't even know. There's a really great bit. He was one of the first. I wrote. I have one bit where I rushed. It's on YouTube. You can play it. Well, on I've got. A, I've got his album on my phone. Oh. So okay. it's it's gonna be better. He's got a great. Uh, he's got a great bit about the oil spill. But this is an old. This is an older That's album. It's funny. I was just about to play that one. 
Yeah, it's really good. Let's hear it. Oh, sorry. What the hell are you doing over there? It's like a three-minute bet, but you get the gist of it. Thank you, thank you for nearly sustaining that until I got to the microphone. That's a classic one, too, by the way. Thanks for not, thanks for not clapping. It's like, get up the mic quicker, you dumb shit. I'm going to take a while to mill about the crowd. Paper and like current events and things, and everything is very, very depressing and very difficult to talk about anymore. This week, we finally capped the oil spill. Only took four months. Way to go, BP. And... Thanks for having our back, big guy. The media was very hard on Obama. The media is very hard on Obama for most of it. They were saying that it was Obama's Katrina. It was his Katrina because the oil spill was doing devastation in the South, and Obama didn't act fast enough in order to stop it. Now, let's all think to ourselves, is there anything the South may have done in their past? <laughs> That would make build. Barack yeah. Obama not want to oh, act good. very quickly really good. in order to save them. Let's all scratch our noodles here and try to solve this historical mystery and think if there's anything that might be sticking in the man's craw. <laughs> Come on, Appleton. Come on, Appleton. Don't tell me there's not a small part of him. It's like, really? South? You're in trouble? Yeah? That's karma knocking at your door. South? I guess he shouldn't have been ignorant racist crackers for the last several hundred years. You thought about that? What's that you say? Alabama? You have a problem with an oil spill? Well, damn. You need a black man to come save you? How about that? Say so you got a problem with an oil spill, huh? You tried putting a sheet over your head and chase that oil spill out of your neighborhood? <laughs> That's been pretty effective for you in the past. You tried turning hoses and dogs on that oil spill there, Alabama? <laughs> What's that you say? You tried to lynch that oil spill, but the oil just dripped out of the hole in your rope because it was nothing but oil? What's that you say? You tried to burn a cross to get rid of that oil spill, but it just kept on burning because it was covered in oil? Is that the problem you're having, Alabama? What I'm saying is that your chickens have come home. Truce! Oh, the best part's coming. <laughs> oh my god dude here's the thing and, and, and here's here's how much that's of it, a comedian that's what I'm saying is that's, that's if you're gonna do comedian. it effectively that's how you do it mm-hmm. that's and if there's any young do young comics listen to your shit yeah a lot of them actually. okay well I have I have a few that listen to mine too but it's all like hey I really liked your stuff it's like I wish you would be a better comedian so I could have you as a guest like that's yeah. that's what <laughs> I wish you took this seriously so we could talk comedy. But what's funny is I've had I've had a few comics come and stay at my house for whatever reason. And here's how big that guy was an influence on when I started was that dog that's creepily right behind you. That dog's name <laughs> that do, that dog's name is Augie. Smith? Yeah. Augie Smith. Can you And right. much I guess from what I hear, Augie's personal <laughs> Kind of a bitch. Oh, so, <laughs> hey. and that's not. This is just from people that 
they live in Seattle. I was like, did I ever tell you the uh, uh, Dobie Maxwell story about when he played Alabama? Huh? Did he do that joke? Because I imagine it killed. <sighs> no, no, no. <laughs> Even classic. So he he was nervous about doing the room because the booker told him that's a little rough. Yeah. So he's like, whatever. So he goes down there, and somebody stupidly told him like. If you're having trouble on stage, just yell Roll Tide. People will cheer, <laughs> get on your side, you'll have them back. So he was like 10 jokes in and he started losing them. So he was like, uh, my friend told me to yell Roll Tide. And like they all cheered and stuff. And he goes, mm -hmm. is that whatever? And then he back and forth bit, whatever. So then like nine or 10 minutes later, he's losing them again. So he just screams Roll Tide and some guy goes... Stop yelling that. You're not from here. And whips <laughs> a beer bottle at his head. Ah. And so he ducks, and it shatters on the wall behind him. Yeah. And uh, this was right around the time, was it Bear Bryant? Was yeah. Was the coach? Yeah. Right around the time he had just died. Oh, buddy. Yeah. yeah. So the beer bottle almost hits him in the face. It shatters behind him like some of the glass kind of hits him in the shirt or whatever. So he stands up and he takes the microphone and he goes, fuck you, you inbred fucks. He goes, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to dig up Bear Bryant. I'm going to fuck him in the ass and I'm going to bury him upside down. <laughs> fuck your tide and fuck you. And he just walks off stage uh, <laughs> and he didn't even wait to get paid. He just went up to his room and started packing his shit because he's like, I'm just leaving. Yeah. So he's just about to walk out his door, and there's a knock on the door, and he looks out the people, and it's two police officers and the manager of the comedy club. So he opens the door, and he's like, yeah, and he goes, these gentlemen are here to walk you to your car. <laughs> because there's a mob outside. They gonna kill you. <laughs> so walked him to his car. He drives out of town, like never looks back. Six months later, oh, a friend of his. I, I love, I love a six months yeah, later. <laughs> six months later, a friend of his is playing that room, and he gives him a call on the phone, and he goes, he's like, "Dobie, I'm doing this this uh, this bar, this Friday Saturday bar down in Alabama, and I believe you were just here." And he's like, "Yeah, that was a shit gig." He goes, "What did you do?" And he goes, "What do you mean? What did I do?" And he goes, "They have your headshot hanging over the bar with a sign that says." Kill this man on sight. <laughs> uh, I, w I wondered if I wonder if he got like here's the comic in me is yeah. I think of what he said and then I go I wonder if he got any money for that like I wonder yeah. if they if they if like yeah, look dude I, I get it like yeah they gonna kill you they gonna kill you it's just so many greats like. When I was up in camp, like so many great lines like that, they gonna kill you. Like I've had that for years because I worked with Dobie like ten years ago, and he has so many great stories. He has like one of the most legendary comedy stories in the history of comedy. It's in a book of like road stories. I was mm -hmm. like a best bestseller, but he uh, he came up in Milwaukee. He came up at one of the clubs in Milwaukee, and there was a guy. I'm not going to mention any names because I don't want to get after in all. We, 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 we've done enough shit talking yeah. as it is. So this club owner is notorious for being kind of a hard ass and being kind of a dick and whatever. So the club that <clears throat> he started at 
Doby was driving to a gig and his car skidded out and he hit a guardrail and he broke his sternum in two places and he was in the hospital for like nine months and the medical bills were racking up and whatever. So all of his comedy friends in Milwaukee decided to get together and do a benefit show for him. Mm-hmm. So they ended up selling out the club two nights uh, or two two shows one night. Um, there was like 200 people there. They were selling tickets for like 40 bucks a piece, and everybody knew it was money to go help him. Yeah. So the week after the show, the club owner showed up at the hospital, and he gave him, him an envelope that had a check in it for what he says $10.87 because apparently this guy hated Dobie. And he goes, my friends have been coming by all day saying that it was two sold out shows and 40 bucks a ticket. Like, what the hell is this? And he's like, well, I needed to take my expenses out of that money first. And that's what's left. And he was like, you know what? And he tore the check up and threw it at him. He's like, just get the fuck out of my room. $10. $10. So I think it was not soon after, maybe two or three months later, this club owner had a massive heart attack. He survived, but he was in the hospital for a while. <laughs> so Doby sent him a gift basket of bacon, beer, butter, and lard with a card that read, I wish you had died. Fuck you. <laughs> and apparently Doby's manager at the time said, off the record, one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. On the record, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but he's got like hundreds of those stories. Like, I don't know. We were talking about Dwight York and... Uh, one of the greatest one of the greatest afternoons of my life and i think dwight is very funny and obviously he's a good writer he's got like books of jokes he's just one of those guys that he's just not everybody's cup of tea you know he's a one-liner guy so it's just like if that's not your thing you're gonna get bored really quick because that's all he does right so there was a time where i had lunch with doby maxwell and dwight york and the whole lunch was just them going back and forth about all the near misses of their careers. Mm. And it was some of the funniest fucking shit I've ever heard in my entire life. (laughs) Dwight York went to the San Francisco Comedy Festival and won the entire thing. And the guy who came in second place got a sitcom deal from NBC. Wow. (laughs) Was the guy like Robin Williams or some shit? Mm. I don't remember the name, and I don't think it was anybody of consequence. But he said, "Well, that's like, that's also the thing too. It's like sometimes, like when you like, he got a development deal. What's his name? Eh, it's not important. Well, like, yeah. they get fifty grand to not go someplace else. That's all right. the de- development deal is. And I guess like the third place guy um, ended up getting like premium blend or something like that, and he was like." I'm fucking standing right here. I just won yeah. this. Like, is anybody going to talk to me? And, like, no one wanted to have anything to do with them or whatever. But that was just, like, an amazing lunch. They just kept going back and forth, which is all these. Because Doby calls himself Mr. Lucky because of all these horrible stories of his life where he just has all this bad luck. It's just fucking hilarious. But Dovey's got, like, hundreds of stories like that. I saw one. I was doing one-liners in Indianapolis with him, and this giant fat guy in the front row 
would not stop heckling him. And he said something like, why don't you just go shut your fucking mouth, baby Huey? And he goes, why don't I just like something or other? And, and then he said, then Doby said something about fucking his mom. And it was just so funny to me because I hadn't heard the Bear Bryant story. Yeah. And apparently this is his this is like Dobie Maxwell's thing when somebody comes at you because he goes, he says something about the kid's mom, and then the kid goes, my mom's dead. So he said, all right, I'm going to go dig up your mom. I'm going to fuck her in the ass and bury her upside down. And he goes, I'm going to kill you. And he's like, feel free. So like Dobie got up and he like left. And this kid was like storming all over the place looking for him to like fuck him up, but he had already left. I was like, "Is that your is that your line for a digger? Digger up, fucking the ass, ass and you're upside, upside down. down. That's a harsh thing." Which you know what's man. funny is just the idea of the most insulting thing to some people is is not fucking a dead body and not fucking it in the ass. It's the fact that. You're gonna, you're gonna bury my mom upside down. What the fuck's the matter with you? Yeah. We're 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 simple people here. <laughs> Did you know? I don't remember who was talking about it, but it really. Um, they used to bury people with uh, a string in the coffin attached to a bell above ground because. <laughs> They were so bad at medicine back then. Am I am I bombing on this? Am I bombing on this podcast so bad that you're bringing up shit that you may or may not have heard on MythBusters? <laughs> like you're not even you're not even 100 sure what you're saying. You're pawing at the wind. And here's the thing: I let you ramble on about your ridiculous stories with almost famous people. Like you've been, you've worked with famous people, and the I'm best gonna, thing I'm going to choke your dog out right go now. Go for it. Maybe that way it won't. Shut the fuck up when you come in at four o'clock in the morning. Like that's oh come on. It Let was so funny. Like I, it was so funny. Like I got paranoid when uh, you were coming in from Omaha. I was just like, I knew it was coming, and so every time I was like, oh, there it is. But there was a lightning storm, so they got they started growling and barking. Oh yeah. I thought, oh, there's Mark. I'm like, shut up. Well, go ahead. No, no. Tell, you, tell me a story. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, that was me yawning. Tell, tell me a story. What do you want to know? What, what story do you want to hear? This is your podcast. I want to hear. You want to hear what? What do you want to hear exactly? I want to hear why you have such a strange face. Go. Mm, strange face. <laughs> well, uh, there were some girls let's, at the Christian talk. College that I went to that uh, told me that this face was cute enough to sacrifice their V-card for. Is that vegan? Yeah, virgin. Oh. A guy, you know what's funny is a guy told me a, a joke. You know how, like, people tell you a joke? People tell you a joke and you're like, oh, God, this guy's going to tell me a joke. But it was actually, I thought it was funny. He said, I eat so much meat when I drive past cow pastures. They go, there he is. Where are you going? I'm going to listen to you tell another story. I'm going to get another beer. You can't just leave the podcast. I can't. You have to come back to you the podcast. You want to the podcast? Because there's something wrong right oh, now. Oh, will you turn okay. the thing oh, back up? Turn. Because we have to. 
We have light some candles. It's mood lighting, man. We got it's mood lighting or it's buzz make... lighting. Like... Oh god. Tell me a story then. What do you? I don't want to monopolize this whole thing. No, just tell just, a story. It feel it like. Tell me the story of the worst guy you ever had to deal with at the Looney Bin. Uh, club wise, like audience member wise, or comic then audience member. Okay, uh, comic. Jesus. Um. <sighs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you this one thing, and I still, I still bring this up, and I didn't work with him, but it was. There are lots of guys in comedy that end up taking their pants off, or they do costume changes, or it's just, it's a ridiculous like the thing that a fifty-year-old has to do for a thousand-dollar paycheck is just it's almost borderline. Like it's getting to the point now where like even strippers, you're like, God, if you're still doing this at thirty. Like this is terrible. Yeah. And there are guys doing it at fifty. Who still takes their pants off? Uh, other than Michael Mack. Uh, well, the guy I'm about to tell you about. Oh God. There's a there's a comic. Well, I that I, I I misspoke. There's a entertainer. All right. Comes to the Looney Bin. Okay. Special event. Special. Event. Brings his own microphone and everything. Oh God. Is it Michael Winslow? His name is the Midnight Swinger. Oh my God! The midnight swinger, which sounds like he's like a midnight to four a.m. Yeah. DJ for a, like a borderline jerk off XM channel. I you might, know, like, I might have to put the brakes on this. <laughs> Why is that? Do you know the guy? He's managed by the same guy that I'm. Oh by. fuck! Well, <laughs> he's a fantastic performer and a great, and he's a great client to whoever manages him. <laughs> I've actually never met. I've never met him before. I mean, well, here's here's what I will he, say. Here's what I will say. Was he a dick to you? Yes, he was. Why? And you know what's funny is, well, here's what happened is I was new into comedy, so I was still in that fascination where yeah. just watching any kind of comedy was awesome. And he can't. He has lots of energy. He has lots well, of yeah, high, he does lots of high very, kicks. Very like uh, showy. Like it, a well, it's hacky. It's okay. it's hacky bullshit. But I'm sorry. Crew, I, cruise ship type comedy. Uh, a lot that, of music that, cues. That, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, I well, you, know. you. Here's the thing: me fucking up my own career, not a problem. Me fucking up your career, now it gets scary for me. Like now, I'm like, okay, I gotta watch myself. Like I can, like I do whatever you want. Like I don't give a shit. Like what? What's the guy? What's Michael Mack gonna do? Not put his stamp of approval on me? Oh my God! Could you please, if you wanted to insult me, he'd put it. He'd recommend me to clubs, and then I'd be like, oh, that's great. Michael Michael Mack recommended you. I was like, well, I guess I gotta shoot. I gotta burn this club down. Like that's what I have to do. But I remember he he was doing a Wednesday show and there was just barely enough to make. Like it was like twenty two and they weren't having it. They just weren't having a comedy show. Yeah. And he went out there and he was high energy and one of those like he was one of those guys that brought it no matter how many like I'm always impressed by comics that bring it. Even when they're yeah. getting nothing, like they're bombing, yeah. but they're still in yeah. it. Yeah. And I mean, he did it, and he did a, a, his thing where he took his pants off at the end, and he's even got a robe that he changes into after. And Let's he was he was sitting at the bar. 
Are you finding video? Is that what you're doing? Mark is looking with fascination at a video of only what I consume is the Midnight Slinger. It's good that the music cue is current and relevant. So you've seen you've seen his act before. multiple times. Why is he putting ping pong balls in his mouth? Hmm. That's a great question. Are your two dogs having sex right behind? No, they're wrestling. <laughs> Jesus, like they can't. They won't. Here's the thing: my dogs will sit dormant for hours. They'll sit in their cage. Yes. They'll lay on the couch. They'll go outside. But the second they go, oh, are you recording something important over there? Let's just start a WWF match yeah. right Let's over. Start making noise that sounds like two borderline <sighs> homosexuals <sighs> having sex behind <sighs> me. <sighs> Why? I just. Alright. I gotta, I gotta stop. That yep. Because I might. Uh, yep. I you might, might what? I might say something. Yeah, Trouble, buddy. So. But here, here's, here's where it came into play. Like, this is where it was really shitty. Yeah. I go up to him after the show. Young comic. Just, want, just wanting to learn the business. Yeah. And I watched a guy. I He didn't bomb but it was just like they weren't interested and he gave from my perspective maximum effort to a crowd of people that was small and wasn't having it and went the full mile and i as a young comic was impressed by that so i go up to him after the show he's sitting at the bar he's not even selling merch he's not out meeting people and i just go up to him and i said hey man like that was really cool like you have no people they didn't want to give you anything and uh, and you and you gave it like everything like that was really yeah. as somebody that's doing like I appreciate the performance that you just gave and he was like yeah whatever like he was a fucking dick to me like it was just, it was like the most shitty thing where it's just like it was like oh, that's what you do and it's like dude I'm giving you a genuine compliment from yeah. the bottom I'm not sucking your ass what are you gonna take me to Vegas and whatever horseshit casino you're just, is struggling at that point oh uh, we we don't have an act because we just locked our lost our act to the mirage well, isn't isn't it possible to look at it from his point of view that he just traveled all that way to Oklahoma City and Gave everything he had for twenty eight people, and they gave him nothing. Yeah, I'm sure it was and a horrible then, evening. It's a horrible him. evening, and then one person tries to give you a lifeboat. And that evening, like one person saw what I did and appreciated it, and you tell that one person, the one genuine stone of that whole audience, basically to go fuck himself while you watch did a Cialis say, go commercial. Fuck yourself, I dude. Let me tell you something. I've been around <laughs> people long enough. And I've given that look to enough people. Yeah. I know what that look is. I, yeah. And the worst part was is yeah. last year he came in, I was working on a new bit. Because when I do open mic, I don't do shit that I do during my show. Yeah. I, I Open mic time, is, yeah. is new for new stuff yeah. that I'm working out. And I did a joke, and I guess he was watching. And he said, hey, that he grabbed me by the arm and said, hey, that was really good stuff. And my first thought was, well, I guess I have to stop doing that joke now. 
Like I was, I was still like, it was still mad. Like I, you are an angry, I, I'm angry an angry, man. angry motherfucker. See, but that's that's what makes me honest, though. Yeah. Like I told, I told everybody that I meet. It's really funny that I come with a disclaimer. Like every person, like every part of my family. And by the way, my family loves me. Yeah. Because I'm honest. Yeah. I don't fuck around. Mm-hmm. I tell people what I think, and not in like that. Oh well, my sister's gonna marry a black dude, so but I'm not gonna pretend like I'm happy. Like, like being like. And here's my system. Like, where the hell I, did that come from? Well, I I know relatives Is your of mine. Sister marrying a black man? No, but like we like my <laughs> wife's family. Like we've had conversations about dude, it. I swear to God, you have to write that joke about uh, about the cunt in my family. Well, no, just how, the how idea. She, keeps, she just the idea that. That there's someone in your family that you despise. Oh, let's go ahead and put it out over a podcast so a bunch of young comics can like, oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to use it. The fat guy's not going to use it. Right. Just handing we'll my sit. material out. We'll sit. Come on. I'm just fucking You've with got you. thousands of jokes that are yeah. yet to exist. Oh, I know. And this way, it's it's a recording. Right. If we see somebody doing it, yeah. fucking boom. Boom. Take them down. Play the audio. Mm-hmm. They're in prison. For the rest of their lives, <laughs> I don't think that's how. I don't think that, how it works. I think that's how it, we'd have a lot it more shake out that way. We'd have a lot more stars in jail. And that's the thing about that's the thing about comedies. Like, there's a place for everything. There's a guy named Eric O'Shea, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you know Eric. O'Shea. Are you sure your your manager doesn't also manage him too? No. Is that good? Are we good? Listen, <laughs> everything. There's no limits. This is unbridled podcast. Podcast. Um, <laughs> um, By the way, the most mono- monotone way to say unbridled, like yeah. it's like yeah, a wild horse running free. Uh, unbridled enthusiasm. But there's a place for everything. There's people that you know. There's fucking China Man. There's yeah. Midnight Swinger. There's Michael Mack. There's Eric O'Shea. I. <laughs> it's just whatever they do and I don't know man I'm getting to the point in my career where I'm trying to figure out what can push me through to the other side right you know and I don't want to sell out I don't want to start doing that shit you know but then again I want to make some money right <laughs> so no. well, I can I can tell you one thing the one thing that to me you know and people always talk about how much you know, respect can't can't pay your bills. Yeah. But to me, seeing a comic that comes through and has a new fifteen twenty every time I see him that is constantly trying to work like here's here was here's the most like the coolest thing for me to watch is whenever you want like as I've watched where you and I weren't working together, and I don't know if you've noticed this or feel this at all. But when you and I worked together, especially for a long period of time, like we did in St. Louis, um, I thought it was it was really cool. I watched you because I do so much crowd work, and not a whole lot, but just I interact more with the. I make them more part of the show. Yeah. Because their reactions are important to me. Yeah. Like I'm not just saying lines. I'm feeding off what people yeah. say and do. Like I, I, I I'm watching them. Yeah. Like I'm watching them as much as they're watching me. Yeah. And they're like they change where my show is gonna go. And most comics there are a lot of comics that aren't that way. Like, this is what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go to it. Yeah. And it's kinda like 
it, and you can tell, especially when they go, "Hey, so you're this, you're this guy," and they're like, "No," it's like, "Okay, well, I met this one guy." Like they have no idea what to do yeah. when they ask a planned question with a planned answer. Like, and the way you become a great comic is you look at somebody and you ask a question and you are waiting to hear their answer for what you're going to say next. Like you're not saying, "Oh, well, he's going to say this or he's going to say this." Yeah. Choose like I, I, I'm. It's all on him. And I think that's that's the beauty of well, I don't say what I, what I do, but how much like because I I started I got to a point where I stopped really doing material at open mics, and I started working more with people, just work, not necessarily doing crowd work, but just learning how to ask people quick questions to get the most information. So if I can get a lot of information in two questions or three questions, or if I tell a joke and I see this person laughing and this person not. Why is that happening? Yeah. And and then do another joke and wait and see how that affects what's going on. And then you go, okay, well, here's my question. You ask that question, and it leads to another question or a punchline. Yeah. And what you're doing is you're gathering information. So even as the show goes on, you're like, okay, well, how am I how am I going to progress to? Okay, well, this is great. Now I've got all this stuff. So if I come to the end, I have all this information about the audience, and I can do it in punchlines. Or if nothing else, the guy behind me has ammo and information to use also. Yeah. Like I had a guy said, like, why do you do so much crowd work? And I just said, did you not spend 15 to 20 minutes doing crowd work off of things that you heard me ask? Yeah. And he said, yeah. He's a headliner. He's a very well-known yeah. guy. He said, he, he, and he was asking me why I did it. I said, did you, did you do all that stuff? He said, yeah. I said, would you have known to ask those questions before? He said, no. And I said, I think the words you're looking for is thank you. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a dick. But like, yeah. that's the thing is I, I've learned that when you're a dick, people aren't prepared for that. Yeah. You get genuine. Ex like, here's the thing is, and I've told this before, but when you look somebody in the face, like, you can, like, okay, my dad, he's a drill sergeant in the Army. So he likes a firm handshake and look him in the eye. You can fake that shit, but if somebody comes up to you and makes a uh, just an off-the-cuff remark about uh, your race, gender, career, haircut, like something most people wouldn't do, your next reaction is going to be unrehearsable, yeah. and it tells me a lot about your character and who you are. People say, oh, well, he's a funny dude. Yeah, I'll make him uncomfortable, and I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny that... I, I, there are so many people like my, uh, in my career, even like my, like my day job where I'll go that I don't trust that person. They're not, they're terrible. Like they're not, they're going to steal or they're going to whatever. And people call me crazy. And then wouldn't, you know, what nine out of 10 times I've called it yeah. dead on. You're a good, uh, reader of people. Well, yeah. I mean, you have to be like, you get to a point where you're, where you doing well and getting rebooked. Yeah is dependent on you getting information and not being boring at the same time. Yeah. I'm always amazed by the people that can, you know, it's, it's a, it's a trained skill like anything else, you know, like, I don't know if you've ever seen Kevin Bozeman, but there's mm -hmm. a lot of guys like Kevin that, um, they do the same. I like I like Kevin because I feel like he he isn't rehearsed. Right. Like Steve Iatt is a comic that it's all manufactured. He's right. just looking for the cast 
of his sitcom right. while he's on stage. Right. He needs the old lady, the big guy, the black guy, and the guy that's kind of effeminate. Like he needs his cast of characters. Right. Once he finds them, fucking Scott. Yeah. It, it is amazing to watch because you're like, if somebody doesn't know what's going on, they, their mind must be blown right, like, right now. Like, how the fuck is this guy doing this? Right. You know, because it's all shit he does every night. He just needs his cast of characters. Kevin, on the other hand, he comes up with it every night. Like he recasts mm-hmm. his show with the most interesting people in that audience. And then I don't know how the fuck he does it, but it's like he gets information from this guy, this lady, that lady, whatever. And like from that point on, like all of his material interweaves between all these people that he's gotten the information from. It's just an amazing thing yeah. to watch. And I, you know, it's like a train skill. Like I've never, else. I've never seen, I've seen Boozman one time. But one guy that I was always that, that I think is kind of in the same caliber, and, and to me, one of my favorite guys is is uh, Justin Leon from Kansas City. He's one of my other. Oh, favorite he guys. was there last night. Yeah. Oh, was he on the? Was yeah. He on the show? He's he's one of those guys that to me, he and I told him this, and just like it's also it's also kind of cool to have like to have a conversation where. Even if they didn't see you on stage when you're a comic, it's weird how and, I, and you can speak to this more because you've been around it. Going from city to city, like, is it easier to see who the real comics are, and then who are kind of like the like? Do you feel something where it's kind of like oh yeah, where like sure. you, you can kind of just tell who There's the real guys very, are? Very subtle things that you know if a guy is a touring feature or just a local guy trying to make it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's very, very small stuff, you know. I feel like if a guy is, like, a touring feature and, like, knows the deal, like, when they first meet you, they're not going to start asking questions about the business because they know how the business works. I mean, that's a very simple one, but it's very telling. Like, if you meet a guy at a comedy club and he starts asking you, like, specific questions about bookings and tourings and you're like this guy hasn't been on the road for right ever so why well, i was he was one of the the coolest thing i love about justin leon is there's so many uh there's so many black comics that they do it even if they do crowd work they do it it's just it's because i it's not just like on the road i've been to L, like not la but especially new york clubs they, I don't know how to describe it, but they overpower, and it's going to sound borderline terrible, but they kind of overpower you with blackness. <laughs> I know it sounds really, really shitty, All right, but <laughs> what's, what's the sponsor again for today's show? What's the last sponsor we're going to have? Today's sponsor is Something Blue by Anita K. <laughs> what, about the, what about the line that she hates? Say the line that she hates. For something new. <laughs> For something, uh, something blue. Need a I recut the commercial. Oh, did you, you cut it out? Yes, now it's uh, For Those in Love. Capture those memories with Something Blue by Anita K. Does she listen to every episode? Uh, I think she listens to most of them. But, uh, so how how is me squeezing her cheeks going to go over, you think? Probably not too well. Why, not, too why well. not? Like, I didn't... 
I thought it was. I think. I think your wife's adorable. Like she's just. She seems like the biggest sweetheart of all time. All right, you win. <laughs> okay, here's some Justin Leon. But he's very. He's very conversational. He's gonna do a music cue. Damn it! Damn it! Yeah, you sure do. Let's try. But I do. Let's I do. Try, let's try. Baby makes three. Let's try that. Did you know you can hump all the way into the ninth month of pregnancy? You won't. <laughs> <laughs> but you can. My ex ruined it for me. Five months into it, we were getting real close, about to do the do, and she whispers in my ear, she goes, you finally get that threesome you always wanted. <laughs> but I love, here's what I, here's what I love about it, is it's so like, in, in the middle of all the stuff, there are a lot of, especially a lot of, of black comics where it's kind of like, like I, I, I talked, me and my wife had a conversation about this, but there was a comic that he very much like, he makes lots of eye contact and he stares at you and it almost forces you to laugh out of like, a, like he's bullying you into laughing. Yeah. And I know, I know that a lot of, a lot of black comics, let's do that. Yeah. And... And I know, and I know exactly what like. And it's just like, as I can only, I can only imagine what I just said as a sound clip on Fox News. Like he overpowers him with blackness. Did you hear it? Justice Fist says he hates this, black people. This recently loaded podcast from the unbridled enthusiasm is coming under fire. Justin Smith of Yukon, Oklahoma. Oh, it would be if says, more than seven people listen to this podcast. Likes to overpower people with his blackness. <laughs> Let's go to the press conference now where he's apologizing for his remarks. I just want to apologize to my family and my friends. Oh. That's all the cameras snapping. <laughs> I, it, you, it almost sounded like I was riding a horse somewhere. Am I, am, am I apologizing while riding a horse? You're riding a horse to apologize. Uh, by the way, everybody, the British are also coming. By the way. I just love, you can have sex until the ninth month. You won't. <laughs> But he's, he's got a good case. He's very and he's very like if you're not listening, if you're not really paying attention, you're gonna miss some stuff. Yeah. And a lot of his stuff I hear that about my stuff too. Is that true? No, it's not. Right. It's terrible. Oh shit. You take tag you take tags from MCs. Like how 
How good ride. of a cruise? <laughs> I can't ride my own train. But here's the thing. I was told I get to work with him in Arkansas, I think. And I was very, was very excited to be able to do that. Little Rock? Yeah. Nice. So it's like, I'm glad I won't be the only person that's hated. super kicked by HBK? The H- by HBK? Steve, the manager. HBK. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Gotcha. Well, Justin... Are we I, we've reached uh, the time. I'd like. Well, no, I we're way over the time. I just, uh, I'd love for this to go on forever, but I'm fucking exhausted. Yeah, I so. hear that. Thank you for being on here again. No, you're you're welcome. I feel like we might tape another one of these before well, I obviously get back not, to the north. Obviously not right now because I apparently I'm so interesting that I'm putting you to sleep. You guys you can do, hear. You, you can do hear. You realize that. Oh, I, I know. Two hours of sleep today. I know. I don't I know. Should last I... comic standing audition <laughs> in Omaha. Drove seven hours through the night to get here. Two hours of sleep. Radio. I've been up for the rest of the day. Right. So. Well, maybe if I throw an armadillo at you, will that wake you up a little bit? For another another episode. Fucking armadillo. Another episode. Mark. Oh my it's god, a man. Episode. Anything? Uh, any last words? Anything? Uh, for those of you that are in Oklahoma, for some whatever reason why you would be listening to me, uh, I am gonna do. I am uh, gonna be in an OETA special, my first television what is thing. That? It's a, it's like a they they filmed it like it's like a documentary of local comedians. Really? But it's an OETA special, and they put me in it, and I'm kind of like I'm kind of excited about it. You Dude, know, that's you didn't mention anything about it. Well, we've been together for like two days. Yeah, that's why anything. I was kind of. I mean, I was. It's kind of been a big month for me. I got to finally got to feature my home club, yeah, which no is. Shit, I mean, man. it was a huge. I mean, to me, like, and for those of you that are maybe like younger, like you don't understand getting moved up at your home club or the chain that you start at is so much more. It's huge, man. Difficult, hard. And they don't just give it away for no reason. And to be able to do that, like I have a bottle of Jack Daniels in my liquor cabinet. And I only drink it. I only have one one drink up from it when I do something special. When, some, when something big in my career happens. And I took a, I took a drink of it the first time uh, that I got that I did a road gig the first time that I ever got paid to do comedy the I first feel, time I ever uh, emceed I feel kind of bad right now why is that because you don't have a glass of it in front of you right now well I just uh, you know like I was gonna wait I was gonna wait to wait is it a special bottle of Jack Daniels? it is a it is a particular bottle it's not just it's a, a bottle, bottle of Jack a Daniels. bottle that I received as a gift from somebody at the same time that I started comedy, and I just put it in the back, and I just said, this is the bottle, that if something special happens in my career, and what's crazy is this month has been so good, I will drink from that bottle three times. Son of a I'm, bitch. I'm on television. I'm going to be on television. I got to feature my home club, uh, and I there's something else, but it's... What is uh, it? Well, it's not for... Oh, all right. Next time. Well, maybe next time. Out somewhere else. I don't know. Uh, well, we don't have to broadcast our entire lives on this show, Justin. This is all for fun. And just it's the all peop- for comedy. Just the people we hate. That's true. And that was my interview with Justin Smith. Um, if you want to get the podcast, you can go to Podbean, 
look for Unbridled Enthusiasm. You can click to it off my website, which is largedrunkman.com, which has all my upcoming dates. Uh, It's also available on iTunes, along with uh, all three of my full-length comedy albums. Um, At the Mark Poulos is my Twitter, and uh, Mark Poulos Comedian on Facebook. So I appreciate you tuning in, and uh, tune in next time when we talk about who knows. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of this podcast and new intercontinental podcast champion, Mark Poulos.